The Ryan Gorman Show, 5 to 9, every weekday morning on News Radio WFLA. And right now, let's get straight to today's top stories. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. After a 10-hour outage that caused major inconvenience, possible life and death situations, and just overall annoyance, the company to blame wants to do something to help customers and make things right. Oh, thank God. AT&T says it'll give a credit for those lost hours, maybe even the whole day. The average amount, $5. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're buying you a coffee for the inconvenience. Exactly. And uh, obviously, (sighs) this is not what a lot of customers wanted to hear. But at the same time, you can't really be surprised. No, no. To think that a big company like that would go out of their way to really make it up to customers to show hey, we're in the business of customer service here. We're going to take care of you after that giant debacle. I guess that was a little too much to ask. Uh, that's about as insulting as, uh, Dana, would you get the uh, $12 meal voucher? Yes, I did, actually, uh, when my flight was delayed for seven hours and messed yeah. up my entire trip. Yeah, it was awesome. Right, yeah. $12, yeah. $12 uh, which wasn't even enough, really. To, I mean, you can get a snack uh, yeah, at the airport, Yeah, pretty much, basically. yeah. You can't even get, like, an, a Chick-fil- like a full Chick-fil-A <laughs> order, a full meal for $12 at the airport. But get, it was a nice the, gesture. get the chocolate chip cookie maybe yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's about it it so. bought half of my cocktail that i had at the bar and so five dollars uh fascinating great job <laughs> att really so yeah i mean and and the thing is they had this whole situation going on and for a long time at&t did a terrible job explaining what was happening yeah that was a lot of the frustration mm-hmm. i mean if they just come out and said look it's a technical thing relax whatever but they just didn't say anything and no. so then the rumor mill on the internet took over solar flares and it cyber just became, attack yeah mm-hmm. it became just a mess so I, I think you can safely say AT&T needs to work on its uh, you know, imaging and public relations uh, department. Yeah, now I still don't think there's going to be a big change in people going from AT&T to another provider because of that. It's, it's just, it's such a hassle oh it's to do such that. a pain to change your phone over nobody's gonna go do that yeah but uh i would say if you're with one of the other carriers then maybe you're not as likely to switch over to at&t anytime soon because of something like that hey i canceled my application did you yeah <laughs> yeah said <laughs> so i'm done with that part of the problem though is that you know people have their phones often tied to the uh you know the payment plans tied to the service they have yeah and mm-hmm. so you can't really just quit unless right. you want to pay off the rest of your phone. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's another problem. So Governor DeSantis is not sold on making the left lane on high-speed roads for passing only. Asked whether he'll sign legislation that lawmakers just passed to ban continuous left lane driving on highways with speed limits of 65 miles per hour or more. The governor says he will seek law enforcement input, but on the surface, he is skeptical. He said that if you see someone on the interstate going 60 miles an hour in the left lane, that could be a safety hazard. He said that's true. But to force everybody over, even if you're going the speed limit, then how is that going to be enforced? How would that work? Well, if you're passing, it's for passing. It's for the people who want to get around somebody who's going slower in the middle lane or the right lane or something like that. I I tell you what. I don't know who the governor has around him, but if the governor had run his presidential campaign on fixing the left lane problem in this country, on people going slow in the left lane, he would be cruising to the nomination right now. Yeah, he absolutely mm-hmm. would. He I would mean, forget about Trump. Front. Forget about Trump. Right. That that's a winning issue right there. Getting slow drivers out of the left lane. How do you how do you hesitate it's, on something like that? It's not like just that. that though. You're saying getting slow drivers out of the left lane it gets everybody out of the left lane, and that's where he thinks that there's a problem. Well, I, no, I don't but know. you I don't can just... drive on 
on the left no, lane. Only, yes, you no, can if only, you're passing. Only if you're passing. Right, exactly. Right. And if but, and look, there are going to be people, you're going to pass people. It, it's got to... If you don't have a lane for passing, that's where it makes things more dangerous because then you're weaving in and out of all the different lanes trying to get around you people. You already have too many cars on the road. You're going to force everybody into the, the middle and right lanes even when there's there's no... No. I mean, Chris, that's, I, I thought you... I thought you were for like people, slow drivers in the left lane not being able to do it's it a anymore. Flip flopper. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think can. they should be. I think they should be ticketed, and I think that they should have a penalty for that. If you put it on cruise control and you're going 50 in a 65, I have a problem with that. I don't like the idea of just oh, the left lane should be clear all the time unless you're passing. But people are going to be. It's see, that's the thing. It's not going to be clear. People are going to be continuously passing other people who are going slow in the middle lane. At least it opens up an area for you to get around. Yeah, if, if these if, people, if you're well, going eight, if you're going eighty in the left lane, you're passing pretty much everybody right. all the time. Okay, see, so the onus is, the onus shouldn't be on us. It, the problem here <laughs> is the slow left lane drivers. This is why we can't have nice things. The whole reason we need something like this is because people can't go the damn speed limit or above in the left lane because they go so slow. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I you know maybe, Chris. but uh, wow. you know, no. Look, look, I, Chris hey, and listen. the governor. No, Simpatico I, well, on this one. And, How about I that? I know. Yeah, I never thought I'd see Chris agree with Governor <laughs> well, DeSantis. Well, look, Peter but... Schorsch brought it up as well. I mean, this this just creates a situation where you can have some ambiguous stops on the highway uh, by the by the cops, and I don't support that either. I don't think cops should have you know some vague reason to pull people over. If you have people going slow right now in the left lane, they should be pulled over and ticketed. They should. That's, that's, but that's the way not it should happening. be. So to yeah. say that, you know, oh, everyone has to get out of the left lane means that everybody has to be responsible for that. I think the people who are driving slow should be punished, not everybody well, on the roads. Well, then I want I want an initiative. Uh, you know how they do click it or ticket and all that kind of stuff? Well, that's then fair. I want an initiative to pull people over who are going too slow in the left lane. Great that, idea. Or, or too slow anywhere. I mean, if they're going, you know, 20 miles below the speed limit i want them ticketed because they're just as bad as somebody going 20 over so i want a statewide initiative then if they're not if the governor's going to veto this law i want i got to think of a good name for it, like <laughs> click it or ticket yeah. you know i got I, I need a little time to come up i'll come up with something for him but we need something to fix this problem because this to me is uh you know we talk about property insurance and all that this is probably a bigger issue than that i mean this is like the top issue it is for me every day yeah, every yeah. every morning i have to deal with this it's every outrageous. morning and you i really show think, up here all angry you really think this law is going to fix that the roads are just going to be totally am, clear and everyone's just going to be going oh it's so good on florida roads i am telling you, you a break no you, way you run on a campaign of of dealing with slow left lane drivers and stopping robocalls and robotechs and you're cruising you're uh to an election victory <laughs> Two key issues. So Newport Ritchie police searching for the suspect accused of throwing hot coffee in a Dunkin' employee's face yesterday morning. <sighs> now, police say the man stopped at Dunkin' Donuts on U.S. Highway 19 in Newport Ritchie around 845. He became irate after he was given an extra cup of coffee for free. <laughs> I don't understand. This after story. receiving the coffee, the man allegedly threw the hot coffee back at the woman's face it gave her blisters, likely from second-degree yeah. burns. That's brutal. It was what because she gave hell? him an extra cop. There's got to be more to the story here. Yeah. I mean, not that I mean, not that I'm siding with the guy, but there's got to be more to the story here. I don't well, get it. I mean, look, you don't get the order right, and you know, yeah, but you're get getting mad. free stuff. Like, yeah. who doesn't want a free? Even if you're not going to drink it, you take. Free. I, I've had people. I kid you not. <laughs> 
there was a promotion that I was working. This is a long time ago. And when you do these radio station promotions, we have all the giveaways on the table and all that. People come and they want to take whatever. They don't even care what it is. Oh, yeah. They'll be nonsense. They'll take take anything for free. I had my bottle of water. That I was drinking, sitting on the table. Somebody came up. Is that, is that for free? Can I can I have? It? I mean, people will take anything. And he threw the coffee. And you would think that would be somebody who hadn't had their cup of coffee yet. Maybe that's why they were so aggravated. But he literally had his coffee and an extra one. Yeah, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. I want to know what what else happened. Maybe what, he's like, look, you're was... trying to give me heart palpitations. That's too much coffee. <laughs> maybe. All right, Chris Trankman with today's top stories. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you. For the big stories making news this morning, we're joined by our national correspondent, Rory O'Neill, whose report's brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. So, Rory, Nikki Haley came up just a little bit short in the South Carolina primary on Saturday. Missed it by that much. Almost. Uh, Yeah, 20 points. It's a big miss. But to her point in her concession speech from Saturday night, the 40% she did get isn't nothing. And that's what she says is going to be the difference in November and why she her argument is Donald Trump can't win again. She easily defeats Joe Biden and she thinks she is the better Republican candidate to put on the ballot for November so that Republicans can retake the White House. Now, yes, it was a big loss in her home state in South Carolina to be sure, but the Michigan primary is tomorrow and the numbers there are a lot worse, but the worst number at all of all is zero which is the amount the Koch Foundation is going to keep giving yeah. to her campaign. Yeah, you wondered when some of the big money donors who were backing Nikki Haley, when they were going to start to back off and be like, all right, I think I'm, I'm wasting my money here. And the Koch brothers, first ones to abandon her campaign. She still does have enough money on hand to continue for a little while. I just don't know what the end game is here. She's got, uh, I think, 20 delegates where trump has 110 she's not likely going to pick up a whole lot more i think in some of these states you know it's winner take all so it's difficult to pick up any when you're getting blown out by you know as much as she's going to lose by in these states so i don't know where this all goes from here i'm guessing she stays in through super tuesday and then after that who knows yeah and super tuesday's next week so now it's not even that far away anymore i've always thought of super tuesday's being six months from now but it's next week yeah so this really could all be wrapping up in a week's time did you see one thing i haven't found yet a breakdown of the vote in south carolina specifically how many democrats showed up how many independents showed up because when you look at the end results of Trump at about 60, Nikki Haley at about 40. Um, but what I'm curious to see is of that 40 percent Nikki Haley got, how many were independents and Democrats? Probably I, I don't think it was a huge percentage of Democrats showing up. I think it was probably more independents, um, but probably a low number of Republicans going her way because it was an open primary. Right. But, you know, I think of the Haley voters, what, 59 percent of the Haley voters said they're never Trumpers. Yeah. Uh, So which, again, now cut that number in half and you start saying, well, okay, that could be significant when it comes to some of these states. Look, this election is going to come down to six states and a total of about Mm -hmm. 100,000 votes. 
And when you're talking about the kind of never Trumper movement that's out there, uh, that could be very significant. And again, back to her argument of saying, you know, this is why she's she can win in November. Look, if she made it, if she is the head of the ticket, she's going to be almost impossible for Biden to beat. But she can't get to the head of the ticket. Yeah, and and I think a question there too is if she were, let's just say she were to get the nomination, uh, all the polling shows her with a substantial lead over Joe Biden. I mean, it looks like she would blow him out. But you do have to wonder. Let's say it was Nikki Haley at the top of the ticket. Do Trump supporters? Does MAGA? turn out and vote for her or did they just sit it out if they didn't have their guy at the top of the ticket i think that's a real question something to keep in mind when we see those polls show nikki haley winning in a big general election matchup against biden right i can't imagine donald trump hitting the campaign trail for yeah nikki no haley no to, to, <laughs> no I don't, I don't think that would happen the vote for the bird brain yeah no i don't think so <laughs> the, the one thing if i were the trump campaign looking at the south carolina results i'd be a little concerned about is how well nikki haley did in a couple of specific counties charleston richland and uh and one other the the most educated south carolina counties that's where she did the best and that's the suburban vote the college educated suburban vote uh, a lot of them independents uh and a lot of them maybe not you know part of the MAGA crowd that he needs to win over to win some of those states where things could be close. And and those are the votes where, you know, I don't know, they voted for Nikki Haley in the primary. Do they go Trump? Do they come home or do they go Biden or do they just sit it out? I think those are the historic Nikki votes. I think those are Nikki for governor votes uh, who said, oh, you know, she was my gal from, you know, eight years, 16 years ago. So that's why they still support her. I don't uh, let's see the test tomorrow in Michigan Mm -hmm. Uh, when Donald Trump wins by 50 points in Michigan. Right. Then you're going to say, ah. She only got 20 points of the 40 points that Haley got were from were for sentimental reasons. The only person who might have had a worse night than uh, Nikki Haley was uh, Lindsey Graham. Here's the reception he got. And I'll tell you, no, 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 no. Remember, remember. <laughs> Even Trump could not laugh at that. He was getting booed so bad. I mean, Lindsey Graham has done everything he possibly could. Uh, he's basically got his head up Donald Trump's rear. Oh, yeah, he does. Every time I see him on TV, he is always just praising Trump yeah. and sticking up for Donald Trump. Yeah. Still gets booed. <laughs> Did you see Saturday Night Live in the cold open? I didn't see that. I saw a couple other clips uh. from Saturday. I didn't watch the cold open. Was it good? Well, that was all these senators who are sitting around a table talking about what Donald Trump has done to them. Yeah. Uh, and then saying, oh, no, I endorsed him. Like, okay. Yeah. So, and, yeah. So, no. Yeah. Go. I'll have to watch while it. Ryan, yeah. While Trankman's doing the news, go watch it. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Rory O'Neill, our national correspondent with us this morning. Rory, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, we'll get to Shane Gillis, uh, the comedian who hosted Saturday Night Live uh, a little bit later on. We'll do that in the seven o'clock hour because I thought I thought his monologue was pretty funny. Are we allowed to say it was funny? Uh, yeah, well, it was controversial, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and then there, there were a couple of, of skits during uh, Saturday Night Live featuring Shane Gillis that were some of the best I've seen in years. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So I have some thoughts on the Billy Joel and Sting concert. Okay. I finally went out. Yeah, you did. You ventured out, and it went really well, didn't it? It was a very smooth night. You were very happy. Yes, Yes. Joyful the entire time. No stress, no nothing. Yeah. Guys always make fun of me for not going anywhere, and I'll tell you why I don't go anywhere in just a second. But first of all, the concert itself, 
was amazing. Oh, the whole night was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I, I was singing and dancing the whole time. It was super fun. The Sting was really good. I uh, didn't get to see the entire Sting set. No, I'll explain <laughs> why in a sec. But uh, And then Billy Joel was uh, fantastic. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but what did your mom think of when he busted out the Mick Jagger? Because oh, she's a Rolling Stones fan, yep, right? Yeah, that. And then uh, they also busted out a little Led Zeppelin there towards the end of the night, yep. too. Uh, so she was a big fan of uh, both of those moments. And the encore coming back with We Didn't Start the Fire. Piano man when he played that just everybody singing in the stadium i mean it was a really it was a really cool night and the concert has gotten rave reviews oh it was amazing um, from everyone who was there now because <laughs> it can't just my whole night was awesome start to finish no, all of it never works out that way for me uh there were some issues and look this was even noted in the tampa bay times piece on the concert so it's not just you it's not just me what the hell was going on with the traffic at this concert. I mean, here was the plan that we set up in advance of the concert. I had prepaid for parking, so I already had a spot and had to worry about that. And I told my parents who I was taking and my sister and my brother-in-law, let's all meet at International Mall. We got dinner. It's right there. It's a mile away from the stadium. We go there. Then we go right to the stadium. Plenty of time. So we leave International Mall. At 6.15. That's 45 minutes to get a mile. You would figure that's enough time. You didn't think about the fact that there were going to be thousands and thousands of people all doing the same thing at that same time? Well, the International Mall probably wasn't the best idea because you're right. there. A lot of people had the exact same idea that we had. Okay. So thinking back now, all right, maybe not the greatest plan, but you're still talking about over 45 minutes to get one mile. Okay. Not even close. Took over an hour. All the back roads, like Boy Scout and everything, trying to get over to the stadium, all super backed up. The lights are operating like it's a normal Saturday evening. So they're not taking into account the traffic on roads that normally wouldn't have that kind of... I mean, it was a giant disaster. So it takes over an hour to get to the stadium. So obviously we were late. And a lot of people, like the, the Tampa Bay Times piece said... I guess when Sting came out, he did a song with Billy Joel right at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. There weren't that many people in the in the stadium. Right. You were we there. Were, yeah, we were kind of wondering, like, how come nobody's in here? Yeah. And I'm like, well, usually I think uh, a lot of concerts start late. Maybe people didn't realize they'd start on time, but traffic. they started by 7.15. Yeah, it was traffic. I mean, it was a nightmare, not just for me, but for a lot of people. And then leaving the stadium. So I thought it was going to be an easy out from where I parked. And eventually I had to go. Uh, west to get back over to International Mall where they left their car and everything. Well, there's no signage saying this road's closed. You can't go here or anything like that. Or if you're trying to get to, say, 275, just keep going this way. So every time I was trying to get west, I was blocked. And then I had, end up in all this traffic on Dale Mabry and then going all the way. It took me an hour getting out of there to get to where I needed to go. I'm sorry. Look, we got to be able to handle big events a little bit better than that in this city. I mean, it was a cluster out I'm there. I'm really sorry you've had that experience. And, it and, I, awful. and, and I'm I was not the only one who was dealing with that. I mean, when you take a look at what was going I mean, people were just backed up everywhere. I mm -hmm. had no idea. If I had known I couldn't get on this road, this road was blocked, then I would have went a different way. But there was no 
you just didn't know what was blocked and what wasn't. And I don't think it's that bad for Bucks games. I mean, it's always, there's a lot of people and stuff, but you also have people coming, they're tailgating, so they're coming earlier. It's not like this mad rush, you know, right. And then depending on the game, maybe some people are leaving early, depending on the score and all of that. Um, so this is a little bit of a unique circumstance, but I thought it was a giant disaster. I'm really sorry about James that. Stadium. Yeah. A couple other things I noticed. Oh my gosh, you're not done. Okay. <laughs> What's, what's with the bottle caps? Maybe I haven't been to an event in a while. Oh, it, it's so annoying because then, like, my my water spilled because yeah. I put it under my chair and it spilled over because, yeah, they take the bottle cap off. And I said, can I have that back? No, you can't. I think because people, leave, like, they leave them or they freak, they ping they, them. They throw them. But at a Billy Joel sting concert, I mean, nobody's going to be throwing on. bottle caps. I know. Yeah, it's, it, that is really annoying. That's stupid, taking yeah. the bottle caps away. Come yeah. on. And then... There's got to be some kind of organized protocol. You know how, like, a jury has a foreman? There needs to be, like, a foreman for the sections at concerts because you can't have this random some people standing up and other people sitting down, and there's just no coordination. And then, you know, then you've got to stand up if you want to see because the people in front of you are standing and the people behind you, then they got to start. And then, I mean, it's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, we had, we had a really tall guy standing in front of us and sometimes he was standing in front of me and sometimes he was standing in front of my friend and like the big joke was like, who's he going to stand up in front of next? Yeah. Was, yeah. But yeah. if you've got like the two people in front of me, they were uh, I think in their early 50s and uh, clearly they hadn't been out in a while. Uh, <laughs> the first night out. And and they were bouncing, they were dancing like the so they kept getting up and then, you know, we have to get up and then everybody's got to get it's a whole thing for this one section. We're all standing. Everybody else is sitting very nicely enjoying the show and they're bouncing <laughs> like they're not dancing. They're bouncing like kangaroos during these songs. Yeah, that would annoy me. Because yeah. you get stuck behind those people. Right. Yeah. I, I, I went to see Billy Joel oh. perform. I did not go to see white people dance very badly. Like that okay. wasn't what I paid all that money for the ticket. It was, it was a lot of <laughs> bouncing. Though. It was, so, yeah, it was, it was a great night. Uh, great night. Great show. You spent uh, a lot of money yeah, for all that oh, aggravation, was, didn't you? It was worth every penny. <laughs> So I thought this was interesting. There's an upcoming book about America's first ladies. And in this book, there's a little revelation about the marriage of President Joe Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden. The Daily Mail got a hold of an excerpt from the book. And in it, you have Joe Biden saying one of the secrets to their marriage, to being married for 47 years, good sex. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> really? You don't want to picture I that mean, in your I mean, mind? I mean, you think that's still happening now? <laughs> President Joe Biden shuffling into the bedroom. Oh, my gosh. Falling all over the place. Smelling some hair. Oh, stop. <laughs> Getting it on. He's trying to connect with uh, younger people. So we threw that out there. That was an interesting anecdote now uh, he just said that's the secret to their success he didn't say like that it's still it's still happening happening <laughs> although his campaign now is sponsored by viagra so uh, <laughs> so maybe it still is i just saw that and i thought that is quite an anecdote it really is yeah that's very interesting uh and then real quick there is some breaking news this morning hunter biden he did an interview with axios and in it he yet again kind of portrays himself as a victim. And he essentially says that you know, he's working really hard at his sobriety now 
um, not just for himself, but because he knows if there's a slip up, it'll impact the election. So essentially, Hunter Biden's trying to stay sober. Uh, let me let me get the quote here uh, for the future of democracy. <laughs> Oh my God, that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You could, you got to be careful. You could easily have uh, a slip up there when you've got that much on your on your shoulders. It amazes me. Not once has he ever come out, at least to my knowledge, and said, "You know, I'm sorry to my father for you know trading on his name and right you know, for being an embarrassment, right? All that, or or." Has he said, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and just come out of the spotlight, you know, because nobody needs me front and center here. There are bigger things at stake. Instead, he's doing interviews and he's doing. Remember after uh, that, that time when he showed up at Capitol Hill, he was supposed to testify and then he didn't. And that closed door deposition. He's out in front of the cameras. Oh, yeah. Uh, making comments and stuff like that. I mean. There's like a, there's a definitely a narcissism tied to. Uh, oh, he it seems him. like he really thrives yeah. on the attention, even though a lot of it is negative attention. Right, exactly. It's like, why are you doing an interview with Axios? Just shut up and right. go away and deal with your legal problems. Stay out of the freaking spotlight. Yeah, it's not, it should not be that hard. I thought his monologue and some of the skits he was involved in. Some of the best stuff I've seen on Saturday Night Live in a long time. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious, but he's facing some backlash. This trending story brought to you by Trajan Wealth. Visit them at TrajanWealth.com. So Shane Gillis hosted Saturday Night Live uh, Saturday night. Now, he had been fired from SNL before he ever actually appeared on the show over a 2018 podcast in which he and other comics uh, used a racial slur for Chinese people. So that happened years ago, and they brought him back to do this monologue, and it got some mixed reviews, uh, partially because he made some jokes about Down syndrome. Here's a clip. No, I talk about. I brought up Down syndrome. You got. You can always tell who's never been around Down syndrome when you bring it up. Like if I tell people, if I'm like, yeah, I have family members with Down syndrome. People that have never been around it are always like, oh, <laughs> like it's like it's the end of the world. Like, oh, are they okay? Are they doing? It's like they're doing better than everybody I know. <laughs> they're the only ones having a good time, pretty consistently. <laughs> they're not worried about the election. <laughs> they're having a good time. <laughs> My niece. <laughs> My niece has Down syndrome, and uh, I thought that was going to get a bigger laugh. I mean, look, I give comedians a ton of leave. I don't get offended easily. About, no, neither do I. Yeah, and I thought I thought he was really, really funny with that monologue. And then he had this funny skit about those new Trump sneakers. He had a couple of really funny skits. Uh, here's a quick clip of that. So you're saying these Trump shoes made you good at basketball? No, they gave me the power to say I'm good at basketball and then double down on that until people actually start to believe it. Now he gets whatever he wants. Mr. Mitchell, everybody's saying I should have your office because my cubicle is a disaster right now. Well, can I have a minute to gather my things? <laughs> Bye-bye. He gets whoever he wants. Wow. That was the most fantastic lovemaking you've ever had. Not really. It only lasted two hours. That was a two-hour love search. <laughs> you had a big O in there, a very big O. But... I did? Oh. Want to go again? I'd love to, but you're too tired. <laughs> I'm telling you. That if, was pretty funny. If you get a chance to watch it, I tweeted it out. I put it on X. You can follow me at Ryan E. Gorman, and you got to watch that one. And there was another one. You know those Liberty Mutual commercials with Doug and, and Limu Emu or whatever? They did a skit making fun of that 
I'm telling you, it's one of the funniest ones I've seen in years. It's hysterical. Uh, so check those out when you get a sec. Again, you can follow me on uh, X at Ryan E. Gorman to watch those two clips from Saturday Night Live. So we've got some new details on the death of Georgia college student Lakin Riley. This is from the New York Post and News Nation. Our friend over at News Nation, Allie Bradley, has done some really great reporting on all of this. The man accused of killing Lakin Riley illegally entered the U.S. in 2022 and was cut loose when there was no space for him in a detention center. Jose Ibarra was arrested Friday in connection to the murder of 22-year-old Augusta University student Lakin Riley. He apparently crossed into El Paso from Venezuela in September of 2022 and was eventually released, again, due to that lack of detention space months before Ibarra allegedly killed Riley. He was also apparently arrested in New York for endangering a child, but of course was let loose in well, new york too new york, yeah yeah uh riley's body was found with visible injuries on a trail near the university of georgia campus thursday after a friend became worried when she didn't return from her morning run university of georgia police chief said Ibarra didn't know riley and this appears to be a crime of opportunity the brother of Ibarra has also been taken into custody for possessing a fake green card and i got to tell you there's a couple things at play here uh, first of all between this between the attack on the members of the nypd that video that we saw in new york between some of the other stories and videos that we've seen around these uh, migrant centers in cities like new york and chicago and in denver um we're talking about a lot of young men who are being let in on asylum claims, not families, you know, not uh, like a couple with small children or, or something like that. A lot of young men in their you know late teens, early 20s. And I'm sorry, you see somebody like that coming in and claiming asylum. I feel like that's a situation where you say, hang on a sec. Right. Yeah. Uh, What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, Look a little bit more into what these people are up to. Right. Because what's happening is they're they're ending up here in these cities and they're creating a bunch of crime. And then we're learning they're coming from gangs in Venezuela. Right. And, criminals. And, and then they're getting in trouble here and we're letting them go, right. not sending them back. Exactly. And the media coverage of this. So let me show you how this story was framed in a couple of different outlets and i'll start with the atlanta journal constitution because this took place in georgia so they've been all over the story um this was their post from february 23rd breaking a 26 year old athens man has been charged with murder and the death of a nursing student on the university of georgia campus shouldn't that be 26-year-old illegal immigrant has been charged. He's yeah, not an Athens man. Yeah, he's not from there. No, he's an illegal immigrant from Venezuela who shouldn't be here. And then um, you have this framing in the Associated Press. The killing of a nursing student out for a run highlights the fears of solo female athletes. And they go on to lay out how in this case, in the case of, this was a story from a few years ago, Molly Tibets, I don't know if you remember that one, how they were out running and, and then they were, they were killed. Molly was out for a jog. This student, uh, uh, Lake and Riley, was out for a run. It's not the run that they were on that really is the key point of both of these stories to me. It's that they were both killed by illegal immigrants. 
parents. Yeah, that, that's the real point of the that, story. That, that's the headline here. Right. Making it seem like somehow like they're they're uh, uh, that they did something wrong by going out for a run by themselves. Or that they're at greater risk because they're like a lot of women run by themselves and, and do just fine. I mean, the problem here in these case, I mean, these if you're going to use these two specific cases, the common denominator is the legal immigrant killed them. who killed them. And you should want to highlight i mean that's that's an important part of the story you know yeah. that they're trying <laughs> that's to a key point gloss over there